Hi everyone, I'm Isabel, lead UI designer here at Movify, and today I will take you back in time to recap on all of our season two podcasts and what we learned. You're listening to Flux, a podcast about design and development. Our crafters will take you on a journey to discover more about digital innovation. Nadia explained the challenges, processes, struggles and benefits of managing a design team in an agile environment and learned a lot about her transversal role as a chapter lead and how she called herself a floating designer. Those teams, they, um, they are autonomous, but they are also a little bit isolated. In order to break that isolation, we have what we call chapters. Uh, you have to imagine chapters as the overall umbrella mm -hmm. around a certain expertise. So the expertise in this case uh, of the chapter that I lead is user experience and user interface design. So this is where all the designers at Telenet and also from Bayes uh, get together, uh, share design good practices, uh, share the work they're doing and actually uh, collaborate together regardless on which team they are. Uh, second, we had Killian. So we spoke to Killian the Wolf, um, UX writer from Proximus. And he spoke to us about the important role of UX writing um, in a large corporate company. And here uh, we learned that there is a big difference between copywriting and UX writing. Copywriting is aimed at selling a product, whereas UX copy or microcopy is dedicated to making a product more usable through text. Um, and it's also important to respect the cultural differences. So don't just translate uh, from one language to another by using Google Translate or another tool, but modify um, modify the text to suit each culture and the tone of voice. Yeah, uh, as I said, like the example with the, the, the polite form of Dutch is something that is really striking because um, it's something that is seen as very formal and very distant in, uh, in, in Flanders, for example. Um, but being that formal in, in, in the French-speaking parts of Belgium is completely normal. And that's just a cultural thing, it's not a language thing. It's polite forms in, in, in France maybe historically, because that's, that's where Wallonia comes from initially, is maybe seen as something that is a bit more rich, a bit more well seen on average, whilst maybe historically the Flanders or the, the, let's say the Dutch-speaking part of Belgium is less seen as a very rich culture in terms of um, historically, so is that maybe something, the the etymology, I think is the way you call it, the, the, where the words actually come from is also an interesting take. Um, but yeah, the biggest differences are not in the language itself, but in the culture behind it. That's what makes it difficult and why translating things literally more often result in bad copy than in good copy. Then we went to um, Seb and myself. So for once I was a speaker and not hosting. And we talked about the Off uh, Design Festival in Barcelona. And we discussed um, the highlights, uh, my learnings, my key, my key takeaways and personal insights of these three day event festival. And the key takeaways from this was um, that the off was obviously an amazing experience that truly filled the minds and a lot of creativity and creative energy. 
but it is highly creative and less UX related. So maybe not the best solution if you want a UX packed um, event, but extremely uh, creative uh, and very um, uh, visual. Something else that we learned was that the new, new tools are coming, especially related to AI. So don't be afraid to use them, but use them to your advantage. Next, we had Louis, uh, Louis, who joined us, um, who's obviously our beloved CEO. And we spoke to him about Movify's 10 year anniversary and um, its first company acquisition. What we learned from this podcast is that it's more important to embrace agility than to follow a rigid plan. You never know what the future holds. And Moify is going to a future that looks very bright, apparently. <laughs> they envisage expanding their ambition vision that centers around people and impact from 100 talents to 200 in the next five years and expanding from two into seven countries over the next 10 years. So that's pretty exciting. Well, at Movify, we believe that elevation starts with a vision. There are two main drivers of this uh, vision. There are people and impact. So people, we're very people-centered company and we want to empower our people to become the best they can be. How do we do that? Well, there are four elements. One, we invest in young talents right from the graduation. And this we do through the Young Potential Program. Two, we craft tailor-made opportunities for all. Indeed, we do a lot of uh, uh, job crafting at Movify. Three, we grow our experts into digital leaders of tomorrow. And this we do through our growth model. It's a very complete career track. And four, we foster long-term and virtuous partnerships. And this we do through our equity program, which gives access to the employees of Muify to enter the equity of the company. So after this, we had the pleasure to talk to our very own Heshan Galahiti-Yawa, design system owner at Proximus, and we discussed the governance, methodologies, processes, and dependencies of design system in a large-scale organization. Um, what we learned from this chat was that a design system is a team sport. Uh, you need great communication, collaboration uh, on a daily basis. And it seems like a successful design system is also like a living, living organism that can be improved and evolved by the teams themselves, as opposed to being dictated by a centralized team, for instance, and therefore has more of a de decentralized structure, essentially. One of the challenges that we've taken on is standardizing the way designers work so that everybody speaks the same language. You can switch between projects and still find your way through all the files and terminology. And there uh, we were introducing uh, the usage of um, uh, branching, for example. This was before the config, so uh, we had branches. If you're doing exploratory work, you're working on the branch. And uh, once you uh, once the production is updated, you uh, merge it with the main file. There's actually a migration of all the projects that are going on right now into this new structure. 
one of the things that we are also trying out with the new reorganization is actually if a chapter has a way of improving the way they are working they would try it within this chapter and then we would bring it back to the design system, uh, design operations team and we would try to uh, scale it so it's basically the classic nail it then scale it uh, approach so there are some chapters that are already experimenting with the dev mode as well to improve developer handoffs Next, we had Marie Duchatel, who's the artistic director and curator of the Kik in Namur, Belgium. Uh, we spoke to her about her background, the Kik evolution, and her secret to finding the best speakers. And the main two takeaways that um, we got from this chat was uh, it's very uh, interesting to see a glimpse of the back office of an event like this. So if you didn't know, the, the Kik is obviously a... Uh, design uh, technology innovation kind of festival in Namur and we're used to seeing um, the designers uh, talks and tech companies but never how it actually is brought to life so that was great to hear uh, and the second point was um, it's very impressive how new emerging trends such as AI and AR have developed so rapidly and how um, we are able to already have such in-depth talk about these topics at large events such as Kick. Um, so yeah, amazing talk basically. This is for the past five, six years. I've seen this transition of a lot of uh, creative studios who were like uh, more classically doing websites, uh, creating online experiences uh, to, to transition towards creating immersive experiences, whether they are screen-based or um, uh, uh, projection uh, in, uh, in physical space or using a VR headset or using augmented reality. So there is this um, yeah, mix of, uh, of realities that is um, entering much more this design world. It used to be um, only, uh, only experimented in in the art world, uh, I think, uh, or in the world of architecture or, you know, more like 3D design uh, space. And now, I mean, when I say 3D design, like designing furniture and so on, uh, or architectural spaces. But now uh, it's becoming used much more in the general design field. Uh, and I think it's a big change as well. And finally, our very own Gérard Steinhout, our accessibility experts uh, consultant from Movify, who works at Forum. Um, we spoke to him um, about obviously accessibility in the fields of UX and UI design, and we dig deeper into the European Accessibility Act and what it means for us all as designers and developers. And what I learned from this and what we learned from this is that accessibility is more of a question about the user and not just about regulations and law. It's quite important not to get lost in all of these uh, regulations uh, and try and still get your brand across and your tone of voice and your, your voice across design, but um, still being compliant with accessibility. Uh, and secondly, accessibility should be a team effort, just like the design system one, where everybody should contribute and be an, an ambassador, especially in the UX UI teams, developers teams, uh, UX copy, uh, etc. Everybody has a voice. 
It's a matter of a brand repetition uh, because uh, when you are working in a company, a small sort of grid, you have to think about your reputation. And if you are working on accessibility, uh, that's I think that's a good point for your reputation. For me, it's also a, um, a matter of inclusivity because in the world today, inclusivity is uh, it's very important um, and it's a sensible topic. And uh, I think that we should care about all the customers, uh, even if they are not in your main audience. And uh, last of all, uh, um, I think and I really think that accessibility can improve your usability because when you are working on your accessibility level, you have to go deeper in the, in the way that people will interact with your product and you will find easily uh, some gaps and you can work on your usability. And there we go. This was the recap of our 2023 season podcasts. Thanks a lot for listening. We hope you learned something new this year and we look forward to bringing you fresh content in 2024. If you want to know more, or don't hesitate to visit movify.com and follow us on LinkedIn and Instagram. Bye and happy holidays, everyone. Thank you for listening to Flux. If you like this episode, subscribe and rate us on your favorite podcast platform. See you on the next one.